Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome back to the Troubled Man Podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting in the ring room with my co-host, the original Troubled Man for Troubled Times, and future Mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, what's going on? Not too much, man. Good to be back. How are you? What is going on with you? Oh, man, what is going on? So we just had uh, uh, New Year's Eve, had the, yeah. had the big uh, amateur night out. So this is our first show of the new year. First year, show of the new year. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clean slate. Yeah. I was telling our guests, we, uh, so far we haven't had any musicians die this year, un- unlike well, last yeah. year. It's only day two of the right, year. Right, I know, yeah. I know. Well, that you know, we know of. F- yeah. That we know of. Yeah, yeah, well, fingers crossed. The night is young. is a musician, right? The, the, the night is young. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You're yeah, a yeah. musician. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. a musician, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So. So drive safely on the way home, yeah, man. Yeah, well, you guys, you're all, your hands are in my, in my yeah, your lives are in the hands of my car. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I don't like to use the bright lights. Okay. You know, I like to use the low lights. Okay, just and, to save energy? Uh, well, no, just because it's more, it's, 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 it's a thrill. Oh, okay. It's the thrill of not knowing what's around the corner. Okay. <laughs> I like it. So I, I like never it. do the high beams. Okay. Call, that's what they call high beams. High beams. beams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's foggy, you use your low beams. Right. And right. if it's if it's uh, if you're dark, 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 you mm-hmm. use your high beams. Right. And um, they have the fog lights, the running yeah. lights. I'm, I get confused when it when you get and beyond. If you're hungry, you have the three bean casserole. Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. But anyway, <laughs> I thought they were just for signaling when you wanted somebody. I thought they were just for signaling <laughs> when you wanted somebody to pull over. Oh, okay. Well, that's it too. Right. Yeah. Get out of the way. Right. You're trying I'm coming to, through. Trying to torment someone I've, on the highway. Uh, it's day two of the new year, and I haven't stopped drinking. Oh, okay. Know? So that's why you have to get out of the way. Right on. Right on. Stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, actually, I had a thing happen yesterday. That turns out the uh, the uh, Troubled Men podcast is is uh, doing God's work. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so so this lady came on Facebook. And, and it was on an old, uh, a guest that we had, uh, you know, a good long time ago, over six months ago. Uh-huh. And she's, she commented on it on the Facebook post that, uh, of, of this person's episode and said, is this the person by this name who sold me this property? Uh-huh. Because I've been looking for this person and I don't have a way to contact them, but I paid on this property for 30 years and I've been terribly distressed that I can't find them and I'm, I don't know what why she needs to find this person if there's a, a title issue that needs to be cleared up or just I, I'm really? not sure but so so I saw this and I, and I said it's oh. got to be Dave Clements right? <laughs> I figured I wouldn't name any names just you know, leave it out there for mystery um, but uh uh, so I, I forwarded this information to the uh, to the to the party who got back with the woman, and uh, the woman told the, our guest that in fact uh, she'd been praying about this and and had no way to and, and that God told her to go on the internet and that she would be able to find this person. Really, it, it turns out uh, you know this person does not have a big internet presence at all. Okay. Had we not had her on on the uh, the podcast as a guest, uh, 
there would have been no way to, to there would have been no trace of her out there. So, so the guest was looking for another guest, or someone, a listener was looking for this. Well, guest. she's not even a listener. She was just she was a property buyer. She had purchased a piece of property from this person's family many years ago. Okay, and, but then you know, and this lady, she she was writing to me saying she's she was crippled at one time, and but you know now she's better. But uh, you know. Doesn't sound like the most sophisticated person, but you know it's uh-huh. so. But the, the, here we when are. When you say that, do you mean like they're toothless or something like well, that? I'm or? not sure. I didn't didn't see her. I'm just still a, writing letters. Yeah, I'm, still I'm, writing well, letters. I'm just imagining. She's using verbs. Well, yeah, no, she was using <laughs> now, but she it was all caps. It was one of those, those like okay. all caps uh, uh-huh. messages, you know. <laughs> several. I need to know. So yeah, yeah. But she was very had a nice tone. She wasn't uh, aggressive with the tone or anything, okay. you know. So I, I felt compelled to help her, and, and she was helped. And, and and once I saw this, the the, 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 our, our guest got right back to her, and I guess they're going to resolve it in whatever way. So the lady was so, so relieved. Was there a child involved? Not that I know of. Okay. No, the, the lady was so re- relieved to have heard from our guest. She said, uh, you guys are blessed. So she's, oh, really? she's blessing us from, from yeah. afar. That's all I need is to be blessed. Okay, yeah. well, you know, it, it, it yeah. could be worse. Yeah, it could be so, worse. So, you know, I, yeah. we're, we're actually performing a, uh, a you know... A duty. A humanitarian, yeah, yeah. Duty yeah. in the yes. new year. Yes. And it all happened it's, in the second day, or the first day of the year. First day, yes, our first yeah. mitzvah of the, of the new year. Yeah, well, that's... Starting that's, the new year with a blessing. Yeah, yeah with yeah. a blessing. It could be worse. Yeah. There wasn't an animal involved, was there? N- not that I know of. Not, okay. not so far. Okay. <laughs> there wasn't any toy involved. Not that like an adult toy? No, no, okay. no, no adult or children's toys, okay. as far as I know. Just this piece of property. Okay. And, uh, uh, and well, some communication. Well, I'm, I'm glad uh, we could help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever. You know. But listen, uh, uh-huh. yeah, the new year is here, mm-hmm. but there's something I wanted to talk about a few shows ago, but we've had so many exciting people on the show. Right. I don't remember their names. Sure. But... Um, I wanted to talk about this uh, for a while. It was back before uh, Thanksgiving. I don't know if I, I... Maybe I talked about this. I got a haircut. Okay. And I went to my barber. And my barber is like 95 years old. Right, right. So he hires a bunch of young people. He, he sits there for a couple hours a day and cuts hair. Whoever will go under the, under the scissor with him. Because <laughs> he, he can see very well. He just doesn't hear very well. So when you say, I want it short and neat, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he's uh, cutting your neck with a razor. <laughs> <You know. laughs> anyway, but he's got uh, a bunch of young, uh, I guess they're young, the guys with the beards and the girls with the tats. Hipsters? Yeah, young doofus hipsters or okay. whatever. <laughs> and they're out there listening, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shout out to the, the yeah, hipster doofuses yeah. out there. Um, and so I had to get in and out real quick. And a haircut for me is 20 minutes. It's 20 minutes tops. You know, so there was a girl, a new girl there, full of tats and short hair and stuff like that, hmm. and uh, no beard. Okay, but, well, that's uh, good. <laughs> yeah, that was always a good. Sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, well, I need a haircut real quick. You know, do this, do this, do this. So you know, boom, boom, boom. And her name, I think, was Josie. Okay, Josie was her name, and so I got this haircut. And you know, I, I don't mind women cutting my hair. My my mom cut my hair when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I've had girlfriends, you know, shave my pubes when I was, you know, younger. Sure. Uh, and so I have no problem with it. But at the end of the haircut, you know, it's like 15 bucks a haircut. And I, I'll, I'll give them 20 bucks. I don't nice. care. Yeah. It's, yeah. 
at the end of the haircut, and I don't know because I don't go to salons or anything like that. I don't do that kind of stuff. She says, do you want any product? <laughs> and I was like, what the hell are you like, talking like about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Product? <laughs> what do you mean product? Like a balloon? Yeah, well, well that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of, you know, my dealer back in LA who's going, I'm on the way, man. I'm on the way. <laughs> with the product. You're with the product, man. I'm sitting there going, you know, I'm 57 years old. What the fuck are you trying to give me? Product. And she goes, Some gel. Yeah, well, that's it. She goes, Well, I screamed out. I go, What does that mean? And she goes, well, something, you know, that you want to put in your hair, you know, and stuff like that. I said, no, 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 no. I don't put anything in my hair. You know this, Renee. I don't wash my hair. I don't do anything to my hair. You have natural product. I have natural product in my hair. We should should go back over this again because it's been a while since we touched on this. John would appreciate this. So so Manny learned an old uh, Hollywood trick uh, years ago. Yeah, from my days in Hollywood. Right, right. So... You don't. He doesn't use shampoo. No, I don't. No, no shampoo no ever. Shampoo ever. Okay. For like at least going, we're going on like twenty three, four years. I can years dig now. it. You know. So, but I mean, I'll I'll take a shower and I'll run my hair under the hot water, uh-huh. and I'll massage my scalp and all that kind of stuff, but never put any kind of product <laughs> in my hair. No, no astringents. No, no. Uh, no, no. Uh, det- uh, detergent. That's, that's a pretty good no head detergent. of hair, I'm going to tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we always you're talk a swarthy about guy, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when she said that, I, I, I kind of freaked out. I was like, product, you know, uh, Josie, or whatever your hat name is, Cassie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, no. We're going to have to, have to say no product. to the product. No product, you know, no product in my hair. And so I just wanted to bring that out there because basically at the end, before I paid her, I said, Here's your product right here. No, <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> no, she's a sweet kid. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, She's yeah, a sweet yeah. kid. I'll, I'll probably never get my hair cut from her again. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, everything's worth it. But so, worth Nation, it. if someone offers you a product, you always research what they're trying to sell you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of products, uh, I don't know if I said this before. I got so many notes, and I don't know if I crossed them out. And t- okay. But... You know, I, I do all the grocery shopping for my family. Hmm, okay. Because you know, all they want to do is eat. I just do, I just feed them. Okay. They don't well, want to do anything else. Right. They don't, they don't care where the food comes from. Yeah. Or where the products come from. Okay. They just want to indulge in it, you know. Okay. You know, uh, my wife, uh, you know, sits home waiting for me to come home and she just burps. She just burps. Anyway, <laughs> have you noticed this? I don't know. You don't, do you do any grocery shopping? I, well, I do most of the grocery shopping. Okay, so actually. do I. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where you go, but they always have, uh, like in grocery stores now, they have sushi bars. Yes. They have pizza places mm-hmm. or burrito. You can get a burrito right. in the supermarket because they're, they're competing with all the other places sure. out yeah, there. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I noticed at my local supermarket, the sushi bar, and these guys are great guys. They make sushi and... I'll, I'll partake in it every once in a while. Okay. But they, they're making this uh, thing which I find really just disgusting and interesting at the same time. Okay. Uh, it's a spam sushi. Ooh, really? Yeah. What? Okay. Do you know about this? No. Okay. Well, go I to I mean, your... I know it exists because I've... It's a it's more like a, a Hawaiian, Hawaiian thing. thing. Yeah. Exactly. Than, okay. uh, it's a Hawaiian than a, thing. Than a Japanese thing. And but. Yeah. it's like basically just a huge hunk of spam on a little tiny bed of rice and it's wrapped with seaweed. Okay. And it sells for like a dollar or a dollar fifty. Per piece? Per piece. Oh, wow. You know, but I look at it and go, man, this 
so disgusting. It's but a little cheaper I than the tuna. I really want to try it. I really think I, I yeah. have to, I, I'll try anything once. Sure. You know, when they told me to try acid, I, tr- I took acid. Just once? Yeah. Well, well, I liked that. You're right. If you like it, then you can yeah, do, they, do it more than yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. They asked me to try, you know, uh, methamphetamine, all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I, I didn't like some of it. Some of it I like. It's right, like, right, right. You know, uh, uh, but it's sitting there. I walk in the market, and it's right in front. It's like the very front kiosk. They're there. trying to push the, yeah, the, the spam sushi. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, so it's, called, it's called it's uh, called marabasi. That's huh. what they call it. Marabasi. Oh, a, a it's a name. fancy name for spam on rice. <laughs> 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 you know. So uh, I don't know if that's out there in your part of the w- neck of the woods nation, but uh, give me some feedback. Give us some feedback on the spam sushi. Right? Is it worth going for? Yeah. Uh, what do you think about it? I think I might go for it. Okay. Because um, I've been looking at it for like six months now. Okay, just kind of work we, up your nerve. You well, haven't once, tried it yet? No, I have not. It's been there for about six months, and I, I do my shopping on Sunday mornings. And I look at it, and I go, ah, man, I'm not fucked up enough yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really have to be <laughs> fucked up or really hung over okay. to say, I'm going to try this right now. Okay, so you're yeah. waiting for the, that Goldilocks moment where yeah. you're... you're uh, yeah. So is it like cooked? I mean, do they like fry yeah, the spam yeah. first before they put it on the rice? Yeah. Well, spam is cooked out of the can, right? Yeah, it's but already, you know, you, you know, you still. Well, it was an army thing. You still want to put a little crust on there? Well, yeah, man, that would be good. But it. I wonder if they do. I think it, no, yeah. it's cooked. They, it's, they it's cook brown. it after they take it out. They brown it out. They of the brown can. it okay. on both sides. Okay, okay. like kind of like yeah. And if you, I bet if you put a little of that, you know, the stuff they put on the eel and stuff, it's probably kind of good. No, if they're putting raw spam on rice and seaweed, that's not. Happening. No one's buying that. I mean, not even the, the hungriest of hungry people who have no money. You know, they're not buying that. That's what you know? I was thinking. Huh? You know, they're they're going to the vending machine and getting M and M's out of the well, Those are always good. Yeah. yeah, they melt in your mouth, not yeah. in your hand. But uh, yeah. So anyway, let's ask the nation to try it and give us some feedback. Okay. Because I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it this weekend. Okay. Cool. Because I really yeah. have nothing to lose. No. And uh, uh, so I'm going to try it. So if people can try it themselves and give us some feedback and, 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 and you know, maybe uh, they'll, they'll pay for us to have it on the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We, can, we can talk about that a little bit later on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's what's going on with me, except, uh, you know, that the New Year's here and I fell asleep around 9 o'clock on, okay. New, on New Year's Eve. Okay. But I woke up before midnight. Mm-hmm. Did you see the countdown that they had? No, um, I, I, no, yeah. no, no I, I, I don't see that. But I did realize, I don't know if in your neighborhood, but I, I noticed in my neighborhood, the amount of uh, fireworks was insane. Really? It was, it was more than 4th of July. Huh. And um, I just found that really in, in, Yeah, it was disturbing. Yeah, it was disturbing in many ways. But but no, n- not so much gunfire. Well, who knows? I couldn't tell the right, difference. Right, right, right. You know, when I first moved into my house in Carrollton, there would be so much automatic gunfire, like about nineteen ninety-five, New, New Year's Eve. Well, just every night, yeah. but, I mean, <laughs> but, but particularly yeah. uh, New Year's Eve and Fourth of July. That you know you, you wouldn't want to go outside because the falling bullets. It was really a uh, you know. Well, that's now it. now we don't have any of that anymore. It used well, to be a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It was crazy man, yeah. crazy. God, yeah. thank God that. that Speaking kind of, of things, let's yes. introduce our guest. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like a wild thing, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's a crazy kind of guy. He's got a lot of energy. I like that. About yeah, him. He's, he's exciting and he goes for it. Right. Um, 
So uh, this is a fellow, I've played, played with him for a bunch of years now. He's a, a, a Montana native, but he's been in New Orleans since 1996. And uh, he's played with a who's who of, of, of New Orleans musicians, as well as playing with a lot of national acts. Um, you know, he was in the, uh, played with the Cherry Poppin' Daddies before he ever came here. He had a bunch of hits with those guys. And he was, uh, he was uh, Dr. John's guitar player for 12 years or so. They made a whole bunch of records together. He's, again, we'll go through all this whole list of people he's, he's played with. I, I like to think of him as like a Swiss army knife of guitar players, because he can do it all. You know, he can do it all really well. So he without, can open a beer for you. Yeah, yeah, he can open a beer. <laughs> he can drink a beer. <laughs> <laughs> with just about anything. Right on. I can open a beer with just about yeah. anything. Nice, that's, nice. Yeah, and he can trick. cut the cheese with that knife. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, so without further ado, Mr. John Fole. Welcome, John. Hey, thanks for having me finally, guys. Yeah, man. Awesome that's that's an exciting room. shirt you're wearing. Oh, I thank like you. that that's shirt. That's what I told him as soon as I saw him. He walked yeah, out. That's that, a beautiful shirt you yeah, have on. That's uh, really, uh, it's, uh, it's yeah. got vertical... Uh, uh, it's vertical stripes, right? Well, it's yeah. With a, nice a real dark blue, uh, kind of interspersed with yeah. a lighter blue, lighter iridescent almost blue. Um, it it's like not a new a, shirt by any means. It looks means. like an '80s new wave test pattern. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah, what and I'm, it's got this yeah, this kind of weird yeah. yeah. This weird. Uh, well, the nation will be able to enjoy this shirt in the yeah. picture because we'll take a picture and they'll be able right. to uh, okay. yeah, gaze yeah, yeah, upon yeah. this. And then we like, can auction this shirt off. Okay, well. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll to raise money for yeah, more I've had this alcohol. shirt a long time. I, I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, I yeah. guess I could let it go. Uh, I'd hang on to it, John. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, so to, to start off, before you even came to New Orleans, you played in this band, the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Now, if the nation doesn't remember, they had a big hit with the song Zoot Suit Riot. The Zoot Suit Riot. You were in that band? I was in that band. Um, yeah, they uh, kind of early, you know, before they had their hits. Um, I was in the band with uh, when they first kind of started around Eugene, Oregon. They're, okay. still, they're still going, by the way, still playing. Right on. Shout out to the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. <laughs> yeah, man. They're not my, listening. My, my good friends. No, we'll them. No, no. <laughs> we'll still like, call their attention to this. There's still three or four of the original guys that uh, okay. are still there out of eight, you know, that were. Uh, now, and, was, uh, was that always a swing band or was that just a No, phase not at all, man. Okay. It was uh, what the band really, you know, kind of started out. It was just kind of a pop pop music band we did a you know we were listening to a lot of well they you know they kind of started before they got me in the band there was another guitar player that um was there for a little bit james gossard and then he um you know they started doing a few shows and he had to a family obligation or something and had to get out so they they got me in the band and um just when they were starting to do shows and stuff around mm -hmm. the northwest and we were from eugene oregon and uh, but we were started. We were just a pop band. We we're playing like, you know, we we're listening to bands like uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers and uh, Faith No More and okay. uh, Psycho Funkapus from San Francisco and um, you know, there's a bunch of bands from uh, Portland that we did shows with, the Sweaty Nipples. Okay. And uh, you know, so it was kind of this punk funk kind of thing, but mm -hmm. we had a horn section too. So. You know, the, the swing thing was kind of there from the beginning as kind of a shtick. Uh-huh. You know, it was kind of a, you know, like we had a few songs and, you know, the Cherry Poppin' Daddy strut was one of them. And it was like a, this little, you know, kind of 20s swingy song. Right. Well, the whole and, lounge um, movement was starting to happen somewhere in there. And I guess just they, a, they jumped on Yeah, it was just the, a you know. germinating thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, yeah. So, I don't know. You know, I was there when we made our first record. We just all, you know, we just, you know cobbled our some money together and went and made a record and 
Um, you know, then I kind of left the band, you know, after the first record came out, we, you know, we started making, we started recording a second record, recording at different studios and stuff. And then they, they made this decision to build a studio and do it that way. And I was like, man, I don't want to go in debt for, right, right. Um, <laughs> I don't you know, I mean, I love you guys, guys but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and you know, it was, it was all, it, it all turned out good in the end, but, mm-hmm. um, so I left the band probably 1993 or something like that. Okay. Their hit came along a little later. Okay. Um, but I remember that band because I had a band in L.A., which we, 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 we were also part of this, like, lounge meets oh, punk kind of thing. Oh, what was your band? Two Free Stooges. <laughs> you remember us? No. Okay, good. <laughs> Two Free Stooges. Yeah, I well, it was, it. it was basically Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis doing punk rock songs and, and doing a Vegas lounge act between songs and Excellent. stuff like that. And we toured the whole Northwest yep. a few times with, like, the Smithereens and, oh, yeah. and uh, Chili Peppers. Nice. Chili Peppers are friends of ours, so they, you know, we just kind of piggybacked yeah. on them when they were getting big. But there was this one club in Portland, I'll never forget. I don't know the name of it, but it was a big venue. It was kind of like a little, little minor league version of the Sanger across the street. Okay. But I guess this was Portland or Oregon, the laws. Well, it was an 18 and over club, but the 18-year-olds had to stay on one side of the club. And everyone over eighteen. Oh yeah, this, maybe like the crystal ballroom or something like maybe that. Maybe it was or, that, but there was like this velvet rope. Yeah, yeah, they used to have some things huh. like yeah, that. Yeah, it was it, the weirdest thing. Oregon has tough laws, man, on yeah, places on venues and liquor laws. Yeah, it was like the people drinking had to stay on one side of the velvet rope. Wow, huh. keep and them all they, sequestered. And the other underage people had to be on one side. So it was me and my my partner, we were Martin and Lewis kind of guys, you yeah. know, you know, and. And we would run out on stage and work the room and stuff like that. And I was always on stage right or stage left, however you want to look at it. And I had the under, I had the, uh, the non-drinking under crowd. eight, uh, <laughs> yeah. the twenty-one and under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was like eight people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where my my partner had the drinking crowd, and it was like packed to the gills. Right, right, right. So we run out there and go, hey, how you doing, everybody? I'm I'm working to like a 16-year-old. I'm saying, you know, I'm trying to tell jokes and they're sitting there going... They don't know who Martin Lewis is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. It was a club in Portland. I like Portland, though. Portland had a very hip scene back then. I mean, there was a... um, yeah, it was a there was a pretty thriving music scene back there in the eighties and nineties and stuff. And they have uh, uh, the most strip bars, if I remember, yeah, per capita of any I place in so. the U.S. Really? Yeah. Yes, they do. Huh. Eugene, Oregon had a lot too. It was just kind of a yeah. Kind of I think a, I talked about this before under, with a, under, a, a, ugly a underbelly guest about there, yeah. where where uh, Portland, you can walk into a bar and capacity is like nine people in this bar, and there'll still be a stripper in there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's uh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a it's a good yeah, ratio. Uh, yeah. So I opened a bar in my motel room for a night. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so so you you spent a bunch of years as a professional musician out there, and then you what calls you to New Orleans? Oh man, I, you know, um, it's kind of you know hard to say exactly, but. I've been. It had been on my mind since before I left Montana. You know, I left Montana in um, '87 or something to move now, to Oregon. Now, what goes on in Montana? <laughs> oh man, I grew up out in the east, out in the prairie, okay. where the prairie meets the Badlands. It's so pretty, and they they dig. We used to dig dinosaur bones out in the state park there. Oh no shit! Yeah, there's a bunch of famous uh, dinosaur so uh, skeletons they've taken out of there. So where does a guy in eastern Montana find like 
music, you know, the music that you, you play. Boy. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was kind of tough. I had a, I had Is older brothers. pirate radio out there or something like I that? I had older brothers, you know, that, okay, that, well, that's that turned always me on influence. to stuff. Yeah. My, 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 my oldest brother is 16 years older than me, Wayne. Oh, wow. He, uh, he went in the Navy in California, you know, mm-hmm. in the late 60s and came back with lots of records. And, oh, cool. Um, you know, he was playing guitar and, and drums were those and records? stuff like that. A few titles. Oh man, he uh, he turned me on to uh, you know bands like Little Feet. Um, okay. You know everything that was good. You know um, CCR. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not really. Like, okay. <laughs> I came up last show. So. You know, it's funny. I just I kind of hated I kind of hated anything that was a hit. You know, oh, like okay. I kind of had this this uh, outsider mentality right away. You really? know, like. You know, like disco hit big when I was about nine years old, and I just couldn't, you know, I just couldn't stand it. Sure. You know what I mean? I just hated it with a passion, and it kind of, it it melded this thing in my head that I just wasn't, you know, I'm not cut out to 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 be a pop musician. But and, not a John Fogerty fan. No, I didn't okay. really, you know, I didn't really get credence. That was kind of like. Okay. Um, some people you know, do and some people don't. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. <laughs> some people will throw throw fists over. It, oh, you know, I definitely had to learn credence, all yeah. of it. You know, yeah. to to get a gig. You know, when I was like thirteen or whatever, because that's what there was. You know, but um, so you know, I've definitely so, played every credence song. All right, song so you're much. in Montana, thirteen yeah. year old playing gigs. Yeah, I got in, in a band. Saloons and stuff. Yeah, I got in a band uh, it, with the saloons. Yeah, well, the H and M and the uh, yeah. the Lull Haven and. Uh, but I, I'm uh, thinking places yeah. like that. There's probably chicken wire in front of the stage With in case swinging there doors. Been. Those old well, stuff. Well, if they want to throw beer bottles at you, right. and they crash. I wanna, let me let me tell you my first gig in a bar. This guy had to get the okay with my mom. They were like, these guys were like in their. They were like 19, 20 years old. Had come back to my hometown from college for the summer, and they uh-huh. just put the band together. Um, and they needed another guitar player, and so they, you know, they got the local kid. And I'm 13 years old. The guy goes to my mom and says, "I'll look after him." He's, you know, was in a, the gig was in a bar. The first time I'm playing, you know, we rehearsed for a few days. They showed me the songs. He showed me what to play. The guy, you know, play this, and um, I learned it all in a few days. We're doing the gig. Um, these two women. It's kind of a biker bar. Yeah, you know there was kind of an oil boom going on back then in eastern Montana, like there was a few years ago too. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was kind of a lot of roughnecks around, and these two women get in a fight. And I mean, like a, over you? No, oh no, on the <laughs> dance floor, like a knockdown, drag out fight. Yeah, you know, cat fight. And you know they're tearing each other's clothes off, and cat you know fight. people are just kind of making room. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And the owner of the bar finally steps in, and this big woman, her name was Alice. She walks over grabs these two women by the hair, pulls them apart, you know, walks into the front door and throws them out. And, um, you know, I'm 13 years old. It's like I'm the first real time hanging in a bar right. ever. Yeah. And I'm You're just sold. like, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is so cool. And, um, you know, of course, my mother heard all about it before I even woke up in the morning. Oh, you know, God. And, um, you know, it was there was a lot of talking to get to get her to let me do it again, but yeah, <laughs> but it was kind but of yeah, a it was trial great. by fire. I mean, on your mother's part, like you know, yeah. once you would get you once you could get through that, then you know, yeah, she, she would it, let you do anything. You know, but it you're was, a paid professional then, right? Yeah, yeah. I was. I, I made eighty bucks. There you go. And it was like, I mean, it was a revelation. I was thirteen. I worked the whole 
year before working for my brother-in-law, and I think I made $100 for the whole summer yeah. <laughs> picking up sticks out of his hay fields. Yeah, well, that's never um, fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, this was, playing music was, I was hooked then, man, and that was it. Nice, yeah. nice. I've been in bands ever since. So, so, uh, so flash forward to your, your, your time in, in uh, Pacific Northwest, and then you come to New Orleans um, loving roots music, loving the New Orleans canon. Absolutely. Snook Siegland. I, I was just uh, okay. enamored by Snook Siegland. Man, I couldn't yeah. believe he was, you know, the first visit I came here, I got off the plane, and um, my friends uh, picked me up. Um, my wife was already here. She'd come a few days earlier, but I was on a little tour or something. Had you to already knew her? Oh, yeah, yeah. We were way together. Oh, okay. And um, so, um, so we, yeah, we came and, um, you know, they picked me up at the airport at like 9.30 or quarter to 10 on a, on a Friday night. And we drove straight to the Howlin' Wolf to hear Snook Sieglin play with uh, George Porter and Russell Batiste. And, and uh, like Russell was probably seven, 16 or 17 then. He was a young right. kid. And um, man, it was just incredible. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, I can't believe this guy's still alive and playing, and I can just, yeah. So then I was like, well, we got to figure out a way to move here. Yeah, and that took a few years. Oh, okay, so that you didn't, you weren't moving here. That was just your first visit. Yeah, we that was my first real visit as a tourist. I'd been through here on you know with bands on a tour, but I'd never huh. been able to do anything other than you know the gig Play and the the leave gig, or whatever. Right. And, um, so yeah, it was a, you know the first time just coming as a tourist to hang for a week and and get a vibe for it, and then it was like I was hooked, and we tried to we spent the next few years figuring out how to do it. And then you did, and then that, yeah. and that was you wound up moving here in '96. Is that correct? '96. Okay. Yep. Moved here on a Thursday and had a gig with Jerry Jumanville and Spike Perkins and uh, Sister Mary and Timothea on Friday. Right on, man. We're just. Talking, just lost Jerry Jumanville saying that's, that's, that's the one that got away. One, one, a guy I was trying to get on the podcast for a year didn't wind up happening. But again, he's a legendary character. You know, his his uh, name comes up all the time. We could still have him on. Well, yeah, he was great. Have a seance. Well, yeah, we could still try to have him on. I yeah, think yeah. So. You know? Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could. Yeah, sit around and tell Jer- Jerry stories. That'd actually be a good podcast. You know. I don't know Jerry. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I don't know who Jerry but, uh, is. So. At some point, uh, you, you play around town, then you wind up uh, getting the gig with Dr. John's band. Now, Dr. John had had a whole bunch of different guitar players that changed, uh, you know, periodically. Um, but you wind up p- playing with him for 12 years. That's a yeah. good long tenure, man. Yeah, man. I stayed, I stayed as long as he had me. You know, um, uh, it was a great gig, man. It was super fun. It was such How a great band. How did he band. pay you in dollar bills? Because I hear these stories from other musicians. Uh, he, he he never actually paid you. <laughs> he never actually handled the money. He wasn't in charge of that. He yeah. had a, he had some people in New York that took care of that. Oh, okay, um, okay, yeah, from, on Canal Street. And I hear he wasn't really a doctor. Is that true? Um, well, it depends. He on, was a doctor of certain know, things. He definitely uh, had his doctorate in. So when did you join him in the late 90s? Uh, 2002. Okay, 2002. 2002. uh, You guys uh, toured the world. Yeah, man, a good part of it. You know, we went to we went to Europe all you know twice a year usually, and Asia every year. And um, so where was the most popular? I think Germany, probably right. England. England and Germany. Yeah, England. England. He was he was big in England and uh, um, always good in Italy. Always really? good in uh in in Japan, yeah. Wow. 
And um, yeah, we played some major festivals, northern northern Europe to you know like Scandinavia. We always went to Scandinavia. And, yeah. and great band, great great musicians in that band. And Man, by the you know by the time you know there was a when Charlie I, Miller was he in the band that well, part of that time? We or didn't Eric Traub or when I joined the band. When I joined the band, it was really just a, a four piece band. Okay. Um, it was just uh, Mac, um, Herman Ernest was playing drums, nice. David Verard playing bass, right. and myself. Oh wow! And that was the touring. That was the touring band. I mean, Tight we, unit, man. we went. That's how we traveled. And um, when we'd play in New York City, you know, we would get a horn section. Okay. You know, sometimes it'd be. It was usually Ronnie Cooper and. Um, right. You know, the guy that would get guys from the you know David Letterman band and stuff like okay. that. And, Al Cads and um, those cats. And, uh-huh. um, it leaves a lot of space for Mac to play a lot of piano. Was he playing organ too, or mostly just piano? Oh yeah, piano. piano and organ. Yeah, he he set him up. You know, he played s- straddling, and uh-huh. you know sometimes he'd play him at the bo- at the same time. Right, you know, right. he'd straddle the straddle the bench sometimes, uh-huh. and, and um, you know play the organ with his right hand and the piano with his left hand. Right. And, uh, yeah, man. And. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was fun, you know. And after I'd been in the band a couple of years, you know, we we were digging deep in the book, you know, like, um, you know, he started doing a lot of songs he hadn't done in a long, long time, and it was just, you know, it started to get really good. The band was just getting so good, man. Mm-hmm. We, we would do tours that uh, I remember doing a tour in England one time with this other band that was opening, and we did like fourteen shows with this other band. And they were, we hardly ever did that, but the record label set up this other band to open for us. Right. So after the first show, you know, the band, they're, you know, they're really, they're really young and they're real excited to be doing this, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, they got a 30 minute set worked out. And so, you know, they watch us play the first show and then the second show, you know, we played a whole different set, you know, probably didn't repeat, but one or two songs, you know, in Mm -hmm. the second show. And and they made a comment about it to Mac after the set. Like, you guys played a whole different show. You didn't repeat hardly any songs from last night. And Mac put that in his head. And so we did that whole tour without repeating songs. Wow. Except for Right Place and Such a Night. Right. You got to do those. Yeah. But, wow, everything else. But the whole tour, brand new new set list every day without repeating any songs for the whole tour. Wow. That was like... And it was like really no sweat until the end of the tour. You know, he was kind of, you know, you guys remember this. You guys remember that. You know, look, you need to send us in the note in the daytime, you know, like, ah, you know, get hip to this tune. We're going to on the set tonight, you know, that kind of thing. And so. uh, So cool. Yeah, it was such such a great band and such fun to be doing that. And he was real free with that kind of stuff. Never told you what to play or anything like that. yeah, man. Well, because you because he, he would get a band that everybody knew what to play. You know, like you're not a guy that somebody has to tell you to play. I love that. Another thing I love about you is like uh, some guys you you got to like uh, you know aggravate him to now now you got to play something here. John knows when it's time for him to play. It's uh, right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 I have this whole list of uh, you know I did a little research on you today I mean I knew a lot of this but a lot of stuff I, I didn't know you know like so you played on a Klaus Vormann record oh yeah a couple of years ago yeah Klaus Vormann the you know the bass player that played on a lot of the like the um, uh, John well, Lennon stuff he was kind of considered the fifth Beatle he like, was, did yeah. artwork on some Beatles oh, yeah, when the Beatles yeah, broke up yeah. he was in John Lennon's band 
Yeah. He was in George Harrison's band. Wasn't he a and photographer, And he was in Ringo Starr's too? band. He was an illustrator, maybe? An illustrator. He was an illustrator. He was an artist. He was, he was, was a artist. Nazi, too, No, no, he? he's no. German. No, I think he's a very gentle soul, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I've he seen, was He's a in Nazi that John Lennon uh, uh, documentary. He's, he's an extremely uh, sensitive uh, boy. Okay. Um, yeah. So were you around Klaus on in the making of that? Or well, yeah. Kind of he an uh, overdub situation? You know, the the way that came out was, that came about was Klaus was... You know, we were on tour in Germany, and Klaus came out. Uh, he he rode the train up. He lives in uh, Munich, okay, outside of Munich, and he rode the train up to Hamburg, and was hanging out all day, like at soundcheck and and stuff. And he was trying to, you know, he had been trying to get. He had known Mac for forty years or whatever, mm-hmm. but he had been trying to get with Mac's people and get Mac to sign off on coming to do this little session uh-huh. for him. For his record, it was a benefit and kind of, you know, it was a, a revisiting of all the people that Klaus had played with over his career. Uh-huh. And so he was trying to get Mac to come and do this. And Mac was, at the time, we were touring. He was really, it was a tough tour. Mac was doing a, a interferon treatment for his hepatitis C that oh, he yeah. was battling. Yeah, yeah. And so it was a tough, we were, yeah, it was yeah. tough. And, yeah. and um, you know, Klaus was having a hard time getting Mac to commit to it. And so... We went and did this gig, and I opened on the gig. I opened the set, you know, the, the show by myself because I d- was doing that a lot at the time. Oh, okay. And, you know, playing my own songs and selling my own records and stuff. And then I'd play with the band, and, you know, we'd, we'd, you know we'd, we did the show. And then we're going back to the hotel, and Klaus is like, so, Mac, do you think you can come and do this song? And, you know, um, and Mac's kind of, uh, you know, and, um, you know, Klaus just kind of asked if I wanted to come along. You know, he thought maybe it would make Mac, you know, feel better or something. And right. You know, it did. did. He, <clears throat> I said, yeah, I'd be happy to come along. And Mac said, okay, I'll come and do it, you know. So we get to the studio, and then Klaus, you know, says, well, John, why don't you play on it? You know, play something, too. So then I ended up playing on, a, on the song we recorded. Nice, man. And, um, and So then, it was a benefit record or something like that? Yeah, he, he was a – it was a – I can't remember what the – you know, but it's like some nature conservancy. He's his he and his wife are real into that. And, um, okay, he's a lovely guy, man. And so you know, about a month later, I get a call from him, and I'm back in New Orleans. The tour's over, and you know, we're home for a few weeks. And he calls me and he says, "Hey, I'm I've got this session to finish this record up in Memphis. Would you consider coming up and and you know playing on the rest of the songs? You know, there's oh, nice. like there's like you know five or six more songs we're gonna do." And um, I said, sure, you know, so I took yeah. the train up to Memphis, uh, like a few weeks later. And, City you know, of New Orleans. Yeah, and, um, you know, met everybody, and uh, it was such a great session. It was David Hood and Bonnie Bramlett and um, uh, Kelvin Hawley. It was such a great band, and um, um, guys yeah. I'm still friends with that, that I'd met there, and, and it was such fun, and we did, you know, five or six, and then, you know, at the end of it, Klaus is like, John, I... I have this song. I think I think I'd like you to sing it. You know, could you would you try singing this song? I, you know, we've got a vocal from this other guy, but I don't really like it. And you know, and uh, you know, so then I, you know, I sang the song as a Randy Newman song. And, um, and then short like, people. No, well, it was a different one. It was called. Uh, 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 well, what is it? Uh, Hold on. Hold it's on. Called. Yeah. Okay. And um, and it's just a rock and roll song, you yeah. know, but. 
And then he's like, and then, you know, there's a bunch of guitar solos on it and stuff. And then he's like, John, I, there's this guitar solo. I want you to replace this one, you know? And I'm like, well, this guy's asking a lot of favors. Yeah, right? well, it's, you know, he's, he's <laughs> it's not like, favors. You know, we're in the studio. It. He's yeah. enjoying John. Yeah, he's yeah. not. It's not favors. These are all, yeah, you know, yeah. this is all like, you know, See, more. This is what I, know, I would go. I'm getting paid for all of it. You well, know, yeah, so. that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, it was all okay, lovely, you, you know. And, me, what, you know? and yeah, um, nice. I was, you know, I was having the time of my life. I'm in the studio with David Hood from the Muscle Shoals rhythm right section and Klaus Vorman. I mean, I'm just, in, I'm in hog heaven there, sure. man, in Memphis, Tennessee, and the yeah. Arden, Arden Studios. Yeah, Arden yeah, yeah. Studios. It was just, yeah, it was, Don Nix was producing the session. Nice. Yeah, nice, it was man. great, man. I was, you know, he, he, that's the guy that wrote, uh, you know, uh, he yeah, wrote all stuff for of all kinds of Freddie Kings. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Freddie yeah. King no, stuff no, no, and all yeah, the yeah. Leon Russell. He produced all that Mad Dogs and Englishmen. And right, man, he right. was, yeah, he was just a it's, a. it's a it's a long way from a boy from the plains of Montana. To, to, yeah, that's to, what uh, I thought, man. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you, I was like, man, I'm just, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, I can't believe I'm getting asked to come to another city and record with, you know, guys and play on, you know, I'm playing on a record with, there's Beatles on that record, you know? Right. There's, right. You know, Cat Stevens on that record. There's yeah. Manfred Mann's on that record. There's, there's, you know, Ringo and Paul are on that record. So Dr. Cool, John's man. on that. Yeah, so it's awesome. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Man, it's exciting, man. I'm getting, it was. getting it chills. Was super fun. So. Well, you know, John, we always take a little break about this time in the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can That's see we all idea. need new drinks. So, yeah. uh, I'm down. Nation, go get yourself another round of drinks, and uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. Back yeah. in the ring room. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Yeah. Renee Coleman. Back with Mr. John Fole. It's my you first know, time uh, in the ring room. Man. I know. It's pretty yeah. impressive, huh? It's pretty exciting. And your last time, buddy. Well, <laughs> there's, there's nothing really ringy about it, but... No, um, no. Well, it's, it, it has to do with the, uh, the, the... It's a boxing theme. Oh, the oh of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah this yeah, is yeah. where the boxers would weigh themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and they, they go up to the bo- boxing ring. Uh, and they get the shit out of each other. Yeah, Well, you know, so I hope the... We have new cocktails, lovely new cocktails here. I hope the nation was able to uh, avail themselves of some some cocktails uh, for the for the second half of the show. Yeah. You know, Manny, we have a uh, we have a, a way that that uh, the the nation can now contribute to the Troublemen podcast. We have a cocktail from. Right, you've told me about. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, in the show notes. Um, you know, people always ask, uh, you know, I love, they, they say, I love the podcast so much. How can I uh, support the podcast? And didn't really have an answer. you guys are ad-free. Ad-free, yes. Uh, so, so, but now we have a, a link right there in the show notes or the, the link so you can, uh, you can uh, contribute to the Troublement Podcast and we'll, uh, you know, buy a new mic cord or a new set of headphones oh, or, nice. uh, you know. Uh, uh, or pay uh, for an Uber for our guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a specific too fucked up tab for it? cocktails, though? Like, um, well, it's it's all so it's, it's, all, it's just made, one fun. Has yeah. anyone contributed? Yeah, yeah, we've had some contributions. Yeah, and I, I shouted out the, the guy that did it last week. It was uh, Christopher Sullivan last week. We had Arnie Scog. We had uh, uh, Mike oh. Murphy have contributed. So all you know. Right. So where did that money it, go to? Well, it's it goes to those new headphones. It goes oh, to, okay. to our our monthly fee that I that I I pay for the the hosting service every, oh, every month. You wow. know, so we, okay. we, we have ongoing expenses uh, all, all the time. But, you know, so speaking of cocktails, I saw this, this uh, news item. Yeah. It was from the New Orleans uh, airport. You know, we have a new airport. Yeah, international. International airport. I know airport. a bartender there. Okay. Well, it's good to know. I know it's a good hooker to, Good there. to know. Okay. Well, it's, all those things can come <laughs> in handy. Uh, so this is a Canadian traveler who was, uh, apparently he was denied boarding after cur- cursing out an airline staffer in the New Orleans airport. 
So he's leaving New Orleans. Canadian? He's leaving, yeah. Cursing out? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's, it's, it, it gets crazy. No wonder it makes the news. It gets yeah. crazier. So, yeah, he's leaving the air, leaving New Orleans. Uh, he's just arriving at the airport. He's cursing this, this woman out or a person. Uh, then he goes and buys himself another ticket and tries to make his way back onto the flight. He'd already been denied access to the flight for, okay. for cursing or, you know, for abusive so behavior. Be, he thought be, a new ticket would do it? He had a ticket. He had a ticket, but and he was... He, he was he, told... He was 86. He was 86. Because he was belligerent. He was right. screaming and cursing right. the so, way Canadians can be. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah, known for that. Yeah, yeah. Canadians. <laughs> they're so man. rude. So, they're rude. So especially to, those French ones. Okay. You know? <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't say exactly where in Canada, whether yeah. it's French or, or English. But so... Uh, uh, he's actually. It says he's from uh, Edmonton, Alberta. So that is. Ooh. That's, that's the, that's the like English middle, part. That's, yeah. that's out yeah, the middle yeah, of nowhere, yeah, that's man. That's the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. So, uh, so I've been to Edmonton. I, I played the folk I festival there. Yeah, I understand his feelings. Yeah. So, it's yeah, out yeah. there. In the, that's out there. <laughs> Get it, man? Right yeah, above no, Montana. Well, not, yeah. But okay. I'm well, getting there. So, so he bought himself another ticket and tried to make his way back onto the flight. Uh-huh. Uh, he was carrying an alcoholic drink in his hand and appeared to be intoxicated. When he began again verbally abusing the United Airlines gate agent. Oh, so it's United Airlines. Okay. Uh, so it says he ignored the staffers who told him he couldn't enter the jet bridge with his drink and continued to try to board without without scanning his ticket. Ah. He's breaking all kind of rules. Now, when the counter agent told him that he wouldn't <laughs> be allowed to board the flight, he allegedly called her an obscene name and again tried to enter the jet bridge. The uh-huh. staffers locked down the bridge and called the sheriff's deputy, who escorted him off the concourse. And now, that bridge, when you say bridge, that's a thing that goes from the... Uh, from the, the jet bridge, yeah. yeah, yeah, it, goes yeah. it goes from, from the, the airport the, to the jet. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so, uh, so they locked that, they, they locked that and they escorted him off. Now, apparently, he went and rebooked himself on the flight a third time. A third time. This <laughs> guy's got money. So now he's out, he's now he's out about three yeah. or four thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, yeah. He's insane. Not to mention the jail fees and stuff he's going to incur. So, so, well, he hasn't been arrested yet. That's how you can tell he, 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 he must be white because they would have shot him if he wasn't. Probably, <laughs> but, yeah. But uh, yeah. so, so as he made his way back through security with, with his new electronic <laughs> ticket. And, and then the, uh, the same staffer spotted him as he returned to the gate. Now, the, the officers that were there gave him an opportunity to leave peacefully. Again, he could have been shot. <laughs> he, he responded by yelling, fuck the U.S. <laughs> in front of a crowd of people that included children. Uh, so t- t- then they said uh, he was arrested and booked with disturbing the peace while intoxicated and using inf- offensive words. And bail was set at five hundred dollars, which five hundred dollars. I know, I know. Which is very low. It was more than his plane ticket. I, I mean, know. less well, than his plane well, ticket. Well, oh, yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So was uh, his name Trudeau? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was not. Was not. It says, but actually, he bail was set at five hundred, but he was released from the Gretna jail without posting bail because of overcrowding at the jail. There you go. Been there, done that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Haven't we all? The Gretna jail is always crowded. Well, so, yeah. you know, this, this story reminded me of a friend of mine who once showed up at the New Orleans airport for an early morning flight, and this person was so intoxicated out of their mind. But that you don't have to bring up this story again. <laughs> 
okay, come on. I was fucked up. <laughs> this isn't the story about you. Oh, okay. This is a different oh, person. Oh, okay. Different person. Oh, all right. No, this person, because you, you, you will see this, this, this is a, a new story okay. that, you, you, that right. didn't involve you. So this person was so intoxicated and became so belligerent at, at being called out on being intoxicated that when yeah. they called security... The person actually took a swing at the cops. There you go. <laughs> See, I would never do that. I'm too short. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. heard of such a thing, John? Um, I, I, you know, I've... You might have heard that swinging story. Swinging at the cops, man. No. No? I don't know who okay. that was. Uh, <laughs> no, do, or do I? You for sure do. I do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were on tour that yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the, I wonder. The, the person was uh, leaving for a tour yeah. with, with the whole band. Yeah. And, in fact, was taken into custody with, in handcuffs. And, this uh, is a male or female? Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was a female. <laughs> so... Anyway, it was uh, so. Anyway, you, you can't do that. You can't do that kind of stuff. You know, you can have a drink. You can't have so many drinks that that you're sloppy. And if you are, you can't take a swing at the yeah. Cops. But at the same time, New or Orleans, scream, fuck the U.S. <laughs> well, well, that you can't do that, especially in today's time. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. No. But yeah, I'm talking yeah. about you know, New Orleans advertises itself as come down here and party and party right. and all that. So what do the people expect at the airport when people are leaving? Oh, you know, yeah. because they're going back to places where they can't party like right, they can here. Right. So yes. there should be some slack. This Canadian got a bunch of slack. He got a lot. Oh, of, he, he got, got a lot, a of, lot slack. of slack. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my friend got a lot of slack like, too. Well, okay. you know, he did, yeah, he got to go to he got to go to Gretna where you know they let him loose. Yeah, he yeah. You know, he didn't loose. have to go to which is a fine town <clears throat> to be let loose. Really, well, he could have gone to uh, Central Lockup. It could have been OPP. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, or you know. Uh, yeah. I don't know what they got out in Harahan, but I bet it's kind of scary. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's all scary once you're behind bars. <laughs> yeah, as soon know. as that door closes, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a whole different, um, a whole different world. Well, it's, um, well, you know, whatever. So, so that's a little bit of a PSA there, you know. Just uh, well, you know, mind your p's and q's. The new airport, the new international airport, should get used to this because I think it's going to happen. Way more. Okay, you think it's oh, the beginning yeah, it's of a trend? Gonna, yeah, it's going yeah, yeah, to be just so, like the Las Vegas airport, right? Yeah, it's going to okay. be like I bet they Vegas. deal with that there every day. You know, and <laughs> yeah. and, and, and they Probably. advertise. You, you get off the plane, and you get, on, you get on your taxi, and you drive towards the city. There's billboards saying, you know... Let Hooters. the good times roll. Yeah, yeah let yeah, the good yeah, times yeah. roll. You know, uh, what happens here... Uh, Always will happen here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Nobody remembers what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, but we'll we we'll remember you. You know, I'll, I'll, any, we so, know your face. Yeah, we know your face. And, and yeah. what and, happens and here scum. leaves scars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That For the needs, rest of your life, yeah, emotional and billboards. physical scars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's quick. He's quick. Okay, he's, uh, I well, told you, he goes for it. He goes yeah. for it. But, um, you know, speaking of the airport, though, uh-huh. real quickly, speaking of yeah. going, you know, I'm, uh, I heard that uh, on, I was watching the news on New Year's Eve, and people don't realize this because they're partying in every city in the world or every city in this country, but uh, on New Year's Day, all these different laws go into effect right. that oh, yeah. you're not aware of. Sure. Until... You're like, I didn't know that was a law, (laughs) you know, that kind of stuff. Right, right. Well, went into effect yesterday, New Year's Day, that basically if you want to air travel anymore, 
You either have to have a passport or you have to have new, a new identification card. The real ID. The real ID. By real October. ID. You have till October to get your real ID. No, okay. I, no, the news story said you had to have it by June. Okay. Well, well let's not quibble, June. you guys. Let's, let's not yeah. get into a fist fight here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, well, better get you're not Canadian, in. Better get mine then. No. Okay. Almost. Do you not have a uh, real ID? Because I got a you know, real ID. It has uh, a star on the ID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went to get my real ID and I... They wouldn't take the uh, one Your of the pieces. <laughs> no, yeah. One of the pieces of uh, uh, you have to bring. Uh, you have to yeah, bring yeah. documents that tell you that that you know, like a, a energy bill or something like that. that your <laughs> home address. You have those, to bring two yeah. things with your home address, right? right? And they have to be evidently acceptable to them. But we don't get bills in the mail anymore. Okay, right. So I'm like. You know, so what or I brought them, state. what I brought I'm them, thinking, they took you know, one is, thing is, and not the other one, and she wouldn't give me the real ID. So, but I still needed to get my ID because my driver's license was expired. So right. now I've got to go get another one this year. Okay. I just got it, it in October. It seems to be easier just to get a passport. Well, I've got that too, but yeah, it's good to have both. That's what I like yeah. because because here's the thing: I've lost my driver's license going through TSA just because it's like you got to have your you got to have your ID, uh, so you yeah. got to have it out. Then you got to have your pockets empty, so you got to put it somewhere. You so you stick it in the side and pocket of your bag. Yeah, and if you if you it, mess up your then, system, if somebody messes up your little system, man, everything then, can go haywire for you. You so, lose your stuff. So I always <laughs> have you know my my driver's license that I use as ID. I also have my passport in my bag that I don't ever take out unless push comes to shove, you know, okay. unless, unless I'm in a jam, that at least yeah. I can continue my travel. You know, I don't have okay. to... Because I'm thinking of trying to get out of the country soon. Well, that's why I carry the passport, yeah. too. I used yeah. to always carry $1,000 yeah. in my passport, well, just like OJ. Yeah. I have gold coins okay, and well, cougarans. Uh, okay, well, those are not, not as liquid, but... Uh, well, but, no, I know. can get across the border with those. Well, yeah. I can get the... Diamonds sewn in, in the, yeah. into the uh, lapels, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so anyway, let's stop, think, stop talking about that. And get back to our guests. Well, or you have something we, else. Yeah, okay. no, no, no. It's good. No, actually, I saw something really hilarious because um, you know I don't go out much except for this this night here. Sure. <laughs> so I watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. I lay on my couch like a beached whale, <laughs> just changing the channels with my tongue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly. But I saw like this, that. and yeah, I, I'm always it. interested in these infomercials uh-huh. and uh, to better your life or to you know okay. if you want to do this and you want to do this and I saw this commercial an infomercial where it was about getting healthy for okay. the new year and hmm. stuff like that and their whole slogan was or their whole little tidbit tagline yeah, tagline yeah. and I thought I started thinking about it this could be true is that Sitting is the new smoking. Oh, okay. People who sit constantly all uh, day. Just as dangerous as smoking. Is just as dangerous as smoking. Except you can't start a fire sitting. Well, so, no. You know. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. Sorry. As I started I, to pull, I, you, off, as I, pull I, you off the well, topic. Well, it's a lot harder. Now, yeah, as it's I a lied, lot harder, yeah. <laughs> as I lied there as a beach whale watching this. Uh-huh. and Changing screamed, the channel with your tongue. I screamed at my wife. Uh, help me get out of here, you know. I realize that it could it is true. Sitting is because people sit constantly. They're sitting. Right. And uh it's unhealthy. Yeah. Sure. Because we yeah. used to smoke. You and I used to smoke yeah. and we would have to get up and go outside so at least you'd be moving. 
Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be moving. So now we yeah. stop smoking, and, and now we're, we're just sitting. sitting. Yeah. So we're sitting there, also thinking bad. about those beautiful cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how much time? How much yeah. fun we had smoking yeah. those cigarettes? Eight dollars a pack for oh, the dead stick. At Can you get stick. cigarettes on Amazon yet? Uh, <laughs> probably not. Can you get them delivered yet? No, probably you know, not. I think you can get them delivered. Someone with a drone will deliver you a cigarette. I think there's. I think there's. You get uh, Lucy's by Lucy's by drone. Yeah. But you got to have a Venmo account. So all yeah, those right. all those people listening who still smoke, you know, think about it. You know, uh, maybe think, quitting might not be your best option. Well, exactly. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, sitting's the, <laughs> it's the, the only new smoking. You get then. Yeah. <laughs> don't quit yeah. by any means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just leads to a sedentary it, life. I felt like it's getting deadly. up. I felt like getting up and walking to the store and For buying a, f- a pack. Buy a pack of smoke. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Smoke. Yeah, you got that that corner store just right yeah, around right the, around the corner you know, from me. I used to like that place better when they sold booze, but uh, you know. Which place is that? Uh, it's over there on Ursuline. Oh, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they don't still sell booze anymore? No, they don't. <laughs> Not You've to been me there? anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, they still sell sm- cigarettes, so... Well, uh, good for them. Not, not, a, not all the joys of life are, are, are gone. Yeah, well, let's get back to our guest. Our guest, yes. Yeah, so, you know, uh, uh, we could talk about... So, uh, another uh, very interesting uh, record you played on was Ricky Lee Jones, who's kind of a, a uh, sometimes uh, resident of New Orleans yeah. nowadays. And you played on her last record a couple She's of years Canadian, ago. She's Canadian, right? Ah, I don't... Uh, is she? I think so. I think she uh, is uh, Canadian. Really? She might... What? She might be. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's take I, Manny Chevrolet's I don't, yeah. I don't know where <laughs> she's from. I, tell you the truth. I really don't. fact check yeah, Manny yeah, Chevrolet. Yeah. But, but anyway, so, but she was in New Orleans, and you, and you made yeah, a record she, with her. Is it uh, The Other Side of Desire or something? Yeah, yeah. I played on one uh, a song on that, and it was really a fun day. I just spent the day with her. It was just the two of us in the studio. Huh. And um, we just kind of built the song. Just oh no, the, kidding! Yeah, she played a bunch of stuff. She played a, a little, uh, a little tenor guitar that she had, huh. and she and I started like that. We just, you know, I was playing guitar, electric guitar, I think, and um, she was playing that. And we kind of started with that, and then you know we switched. I played acoustic guitar, and then she played some piano or something. And she had a, a whole orchestration in in mind, nice, of how this thing was going to go. So it was real fun to watch, man. It was a, I was real impressed. And um, I'd had a little history with her through Mac. You know, she'd been on... Right. Um, guested on a few things that we did. and um, Yeah, they made a whole record together, right? Yeah, and then, you know, like... But over the years... Uh, she continued to... They, they still had that association. Yeah, like maybe the maybe two years before that or something. Or my, you know, in my last year or something with Mac, I, uh, we did a thing at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, and she was one of the... You know, they had a whole bunch of people that he'd played with over the years and she was one of the guests nice, uh, on that so that was the last time I'd seen her so she knew you already well um, her management got in touch with me to do the session and she remembered um, you and I told them that I knew her and he okay. said oh great we'll remind her because uh-huh. I think they got my number cold from somebody I think maybe somebody couldn't do the session and recommended me or something okay. like that because um, the guy didn't know me when he called me and mm-hmm. said, are you available tomorrow to go and play with Ricky? And I was like, yeah. Um, and then I reminded him that I knew her. And he said, oh, well, that'll be, if you know her a little bit, remind her where mm-hmm. you know her from when you right. when you see her. So, you know, he yeah, said, that'll help. Sure, yeah. It's and I knew exactly what he meant. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's a lovely person, but um, 
Um, She's got a bad memory. Well, everybody no. likes to be around people that they have a history with. They like to yeah, be just, around people it, that... Yeah, it made her feel more comfortable. And then, you know, understand them. Yeah. yeah and I was like, and she's, you know, as soon as I said that, and, and I reminded her, I said, remember we did that thing at BAM last year? And she's like, oh, yeah, I totally... You know, nice. and so she sounds was, like she has a bad memory. Well, we all do, man. <laughs> man, I mean, I will tell you this: in, in, in the music thing, man, you just meet so many people, and you can't keep them all you straight. Become and overwhelmed with when uh, you're, especially when you get to. Uh, I mean, boy, imagine it's just, how many people she's crazy. met over a career. You know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Ricky Lee Jones, and and you know, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it really is. So, you know, and so. Uh, you know, I was talking about how you know you are the Swiss Army knife. You know, something I uh, I, I, I made in my notes is is something you said to me where John is often the uh, the the uh, a sub with the iguanas. Yeah, if I wanted anybody, to mention that. If too. anybody can't make make a, an iguanas gig, and John has pointed out truthfully that he's subbed for everybody in the iguanas except for Doug Garrison, our yeah. drummer. He's he's yeah. he's filled in for every position except was, on yeah. drums. He's played. Played one guitar. I've, I've subbed on you. I've subbed for you on subbed some Yom Kippur gigs. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yom Kippur because yeah. I don't play on Yom Kippur. Yeah, and so yeah, man, it's my, it's my, it's like that's the funnest one. It's you know, I mean, I love playing with the iguanas in any in any sense because it's like I have this the history of uh, mutual friends with Joe and Rod from Montana days and oh, stuff. Oh no, kidding! Oh wow. Yeah, from when I was in college in Missoula and stuff. So well, yeah, Joe was was in Missoula, right? Yeah, and Rod was up in like a you know Whitefish or Whitefish uh, something like that Jesus or Christ. not wait. Uh, Cavilta uh, fish. No, what was, sure. Yeah, well, something like that. No, not Whitefish. Where was yeah. he? What time was he in? Um, uh, All right, so but you do solo stuff too, right? Yeah, I sure do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I play uh, a lot of solo gigs. Yeah, and, uh, you recently. Because uh, you're a great singer as well. Oh, uh, thank you. Well, you know, and, try and, to sing and songwriter as well. So and, and you do. You've you've done uh, the Dos Hefes uh, cigar bar gig for a long time. Is that what you're going to say, Manny? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, you, but you've done uh, uh, the Buffas Lounge. Buffas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with our friend Natasha Sanchez. Oh, Natty, yeah. Yeah, Natty Sanchez. She's awesome. I love yeah. Natty. She's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I Natasha. did her songwriter thing a, a yeah, bunch of times. Yeah, the singer-songwriter stuff that she does. Yeah, and she does a, I don't know uh, if she's doing that anymore. It I haven't, I haven't seen it on their schedule, and I, I actually haven't seen Natty in, in a, a few months. So. Well, she's dead. No, I'm kidding. No, no. no she's fine. She's fine. You, no, yeah. but, uh, yeah. no, but no, but no. I think she, it got too much for her. She doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, it's she a, has it's other things going on. She has a uh, some sort of photographic. Uh, I don't know. Things, I don't uh, know. Yeah. Presentation. She's she's, she's uh, a photographer now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you you were doing that, which is a very popular thing going on for a while. Yeah, she had a nice little run over there, I think. And um, but yeah, I've been you know writing songs since forever. I'm not a one of those prolific closet full of songs guys but um you know i realized the only way to real you know I, early on i knew i wanted to you know play with guys that were writing songs i like playing with songwriters mm-hmm. and um you know like it's all about you know making original kind of music right and yeah. um i mean i like playing in cover bands too i have a great time playing just about any kind of music and um, you know, any band you play with for a long time, it sort of becomes like a cover band because you're playing your own songs you know, over right, and over right. and over again. But, um, but it's it's really great when you're playing original music with somebody and you're helping them flesh out their songs. And you know, you and I, Renee, we've played on 
a lot of records, you know, maybe yeah. eight or ten records over the years or something. Right. And maybe the first one was uh, that. Uh, Johnny Sansone. The Poor Man's Paradise. Poor Man's Paradise, which wound up being an uh, award-winning yeah. uh, record for Johnny Sansone. Shout exactly. out to Johnny Sansone. Yeah. Jumping Johnny great, Sansone. Great, great record. Made yeah. it in his house, you know, the year after Katrina or something. Anders, Anders Osborne, Osborne produced producing. it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and we made it without headphones, without... Uh, you know, Isolation. there was no yeah. there was no studios in up and really up and running at that time, so right. we made it at his house and just it was without great. instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with whatever yeah, whatever we could find laying in the yard, yeah, floating on, whatever on we could find that floated up on top of the fence. And, uh, and, and, no, it and was, we've done a few records at uh, at Blue Velvet Studios yeah. as the house band over there. We yeah, have another yeah. one coming up, another one booked. Yeah, uh, later in a few on weeks. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So the recording studio, man, I love it, man. That's the Man, that's the woo there, man. You know, it's it's very funny. I know you understand how to play in the studio. A lot of people get in the studio and they think, well, I have to uh, kind of pull back. And, uh, you know, I mean, of course you want to play without making mistakes. But really the time to, the studio is the time to play out. That's the time when you have to, of course, without mistakes, but... It's not the time to be reserved. It's the time yeah. It's to, the time to, to, be to, to do to to do something. And but you know, it always has to fit. You know, that's the mm-hmm. the beauty of it for me. It's like finding right. the, you know, making the puzzle making the puzzle fit and yes. making the, you know, finding the stuff in the studio that okay, you know, and and sometimes you got to go quick and hopefully you're going quick. You know, yeah. if you're taking too much time at it, it's it not as much fun. It's not as much fun. So it's like. Hopefully you can go quick and it's like, okay, man, we're going to make this song and, and, you know, we got 45 minutes or an hour to, you know, we're going to rehearse it once. We're going to learn it. We're going to rehearse it once or twice and then we're going to record it. We're going to record it three times. The first one will be the best. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, the first one might have mistakes and, you know, but the second one, you know, is a safety. Right. The third one's an extra safety, but you're probably going to use the first one and fix it. You go back and listen to the first one. You go, you it know, just has a thing about it. it. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's fix let's, that let's, one. Let's, you know? let's punch in right there, and then the yeah. thing is golden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, you, you know, and, uh, yeah. You get into that flow state. You know, it's uh, it's where the the music starts playing itself. You, you said something interesting about the the puzzle aspect of music. You know, I, and and that's one reason I don't get tired of playing the same songs with a band repeatedly because even if it's the same bunch of people with the same songs that you're playing everyone's endocrine system is different every night oh, everyone's yeah, yeah. emotions are different every night it's a puzzle that's that the pieces are a different shape every night and you have to put them together of course yep and it's endlessly fascinating right and i you know it's it's interesting to me cuz i'm you know i haven't been in that many bands that had like rabid fans but there's been a couple, like the Cherry Pop and Daddies had some rabid fans that came to every single show. Yeah. Every, like, you'd play in San Francisco. The no, next day, travel. the yeah. next day you'd play in Portland. They'd be there. Right. There's like just 10 or 12 of them. They'd all be in the front row. You know, playing Bellingham, Washington the next night. They'd be there. Playing right. Seattle the next night. They'd be there. Okay. And, um. It, it's just crazy to me because we didn't improvise in that band, you know? Yeah. And so, so like, but it was just, just weird to me, right? Like, people coming to the see the same show from the same people, and, you know, it's a it's little bit different, but, but that band didn't improvise. So some bands, you know, it's, there's, no, there's no room for, 
that. Right. There's but no room like, for that beauty and that that. But like with you Max know, Band, you guys didn't play the same notes every night at all. We right? didn't. We didn't. Yeah. yeah. I, I joined that band. There was no rehearsal. There was no like you know they just sent me some stuff, learn these songs, and um, you know be ready for anything kind of. And nobody and, um, ever told you anything. If if they weren't happy, they would replace you. It that's, took about it took know. about two weeks for me to get up the courage to finally say to Mac, I said, "Hey man, if there's if there's something that 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 you want me to play that I'm not playing, you know, let me know because you know I'm, you know," mm. and he just said, "Eh, play what you feel, man. yeah, you know," and I'm, I, that's like okay. Yeah, if I don't like it, I'll you know. You. <laughs> he'll let you know. Yeah, he'll yeah. let you know. Yeah, you'll and, know because um, you get a phone Yeah, call. or not. You know what I mean? Mac was the kind of guy, he, he was, he knew musicians. That was one thing about that cat was he knew everything about music, obviously. I mean, he, you know, he played every instrument and knew all about music. It was no problem there. But, but what he really knew was musicians, Yeah, you know, and how to how to let people be musicians and how to let, um, there's one thing I learned from him and, you know, you can't be attached to things in the studio. You know, we, I did a bunch of records with him and, you know, we did lots and lots of sessions for other things for TVs and movies and other people's records and, you know, studios all over the world. The one thing that I really took away from all that from him was, you know, yeah, play what you feel, you know, just, he would go when it came time to overdub a solo or something. It was never a second take. Yeah, never. You know what I mean? It, and and um, and I love that. It's like I I listen to solos that I've done on records that I just go, yeah, I could totally do that better. But you know, that was what went on that day. That's the one. That's that who went, I was. That's the guy. That's what happened at that moment in that day. And there it is, man. And I'm okay. Well, with I it. remember once I saw him driving. Yeah, in New Orleans? Yeah, in New Orleans. Yeah. And my, I was on the bayou with my 18-month-old child, and I saw him Did drive. you pick her up and run? Yes. <laughs> I, that's my whole point. I got the hell out of there. Because yeah. he was at a four-way stop sign in some LTD or whatever, and I was with my child. I go, get the fuck out of here. She's like, what? Yeah. He just cursed. She knew what cursing was, and I said, we got to get that. I picked her up, and I ran. And um, he Cause, drove because the night tripper is here. So. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know what his name is. Yeah. Uh, I just, Dr. I just John meant because you know he was driving and like yeah. you know he was. Yeah, it was I, around eight o'clock in the morning, so either oh, wow. he was yeah. going home or leaving home. You right. know, I don't know, but right. I got the hell out of there. Okay, you yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. God, I'm having deja vu here. This is very weird. Hasn't happened to me in a while, but I'm having a moment of you know it's yeah, like that great. thing that your brain does where it, you feel like you've been there before. It's, it's yeah. kind of like a hiccup that your brain does. You know, John, thank you so much for for coming on this podcast, man. Yeah, uh, you've been great. Oh man, man. It's thanks been for so having much me. Fun, man. It's, 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 I knew yeah. this. It's a I knew lovely this podcast. Be, you and you're gonna Uber home, home right? Yeah, no. I'm totally. <laughs> I'm gonna Uber to your house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we're, John and I are gonna take the bus home. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot more shit to talk about that we can't can't divulge <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. But uh, so again, thank you so much. It's it's been great having you on. And and uh, on the uh, we have a sticker for you, which I'll I'll uh, give I you in it. a second. And uh, I might give you two. Give you one for your <laughs> wife. She's she's a lovely girl, very talented artist. Um, so uh, we always say on the Troubled Men podcast, uh, trouble never ends, but the struggle continues. Oh. 
Yeah. Find it. Find it if you want it. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. Where you cut up, you cut down. You've been burning, now you burn.